We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for June 9th, 2013. And uh, it's been a couple weeks since I did a study. Uh, last time it was about a six-part study. This is probably going to be a really substantial study as well. I may go over to this format because it allows me to have that extra time to really ramp up and, and uh, concentrate all my efforts into one study. Uh, so many emails coming in and things of this nature, so many breaking current events that it's hard for me to do a study every week at this point uh, and do it right. You know, if I do something, I really want to try to do it the right way and um, may go over to that format. Not to say I wouldn't ever have weekly ones ever again, particularly if there's a lot going on. For instance, this week there was a lot going on, huge amount of things going on, and I'm trying to keep my listeners updated on these issues primarily through the newsletters that I'm sending out. So if you're not on my newsletter list, you can go to contendingfortruth.com and there's a newsletter free sign-up thing on the side there. And uh, you can do the Christian-oriented current events or the health newsletters. I advise you do both because a lot of them, many times the health ones are related cataclysmically to health issues that we may be facing. So that's important as well. Uh, This week, so much stuff going on. And again, I think I put out a couple this week. There's just no way I could possibly report on it. Uh, Whereas if I put it out in a newsletter format, you can kind of research these things on your own. But suffice it to say, I'll just read you some of these headlines. DHS Insider uh, saying it's about to get very ugly. Uh, Verizon and NSA are constructing a red list. Obama administration collecting phone records of millions daily. NSA, FBI secretly uh, data mining from internet firms. Uh, They can quite literally watch your ideas as you type them on the computer. Uh, Then there's this thing called the Top Secret Prism Program. Uh, Secret court order requires Verizon to hand over all all call data. And then White House, obviously, defending this as a critical tool against terrorist threats. Um, so it goes on and on and on, uh, story after story after story, and this was the main thing that was on a lot of the, uh, well, alternative drudge report, these types of things this week. So, yeah, they're really, really ramping up the surveillance state, is what it boils down to, uh, Big Brother surveillance, George Orwell, 1984, uh, surveillance state, yeah, night, the, the, I guess the book 1984 by George Orwell, was published 64 years ago at the time of the writing of this today. So it was this last week. So uh, I just sent that one out yesterday. So if uh, if you didn't get that, you can always email me and I'll, I'll pop it over to you. So let's go further here into the study. And today we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. We're going to talk about the Harlem Shake. That was, that was going on and going on in the churches. And we're going to be exposing that. Then we're going to be segueing into Cayenne West's uh, his blasphemy against Jesus Christ. And who's, he's like a rapper guy. And Jay-Z. And how Aleister Crowley relates to all of that. Those subjects. Uh, we're going to talk about the Ordo Templar Orientis in Hollywood. How many of these Hollywood stars are actually part of that. Aleister Crowley started that as well. We're going to talk a lot more about that. Ex-Satanist details, Illuminati's spiritual plans. 
and we're going to be then talking about a little bit about Todd Bentley. I, I did several teachings on him in the past, and how that relates to opening these portals and wormholes or stargates that the occultists so much talk about, and how that seems to be one of their goals as well. But supposedly they're doing it for good, and we're going to be looking at that. Then we're going to talk about the the origin of the halo, also known as the Nimbus halo, like you know they have over. And how that relates to Nimrod, Samaramus, Tammuz, Santa Claus, and the Babylonian mystery religions and sun god worship. We're going to be looking at that. Then I'm going to have a little health corner where we're going to talk about a few health issues there. So let's go ahead and uh, get right into the study here. Okay, the first article report is entitled, Harlem Shake Brings the Spirit of the Antichrist to America's Quote, Christian churches. And the Bible says 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, and 4, where it says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. This is when Jesus Christ returns, is the day they're in reference to. That day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. The falling away is also translated from the word apostia, or obviously apostasy. So this is the falling away of the church that, that is happening. And the man of sin be revealed. I mean, let's face it, if the church was like at its maximum zenith, it would probably keep back the emergence of the Antichrist. Not to say that scripture is not going to be fulfilled. I'm just saying that if you think about it logically, that would make sense. There would be a falling away of the church the same time the Antichrist made his appearance and deceived the whole world through lines, lying miracles, signs and wonders and these types of things. It makes sense. Biblical sense as well. So, the falling away of the church first, seeing that obviously, we're going to talk about that a little bit now, and then the man of sin be revealed, or, or the man of sin be revealed. So that's the next thing on the timetable. Falling away is in full swing. The Antichrist could literally appear pretty much at any time at that point. Um, and then it says, the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God. This is the abomination of desolation we're talking about here, that Jesus talks, talked about in Matthew 24. So that he, meaning the Antichrist, so that he, as God, he's going to basically say he is God. He's, he's going to basically say he's the God of the universe, essentially. So that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem, showing himself that he is God. And that's going to happen at the midpoint of the tribulation. The midpoint of the seven-year tribulation, 3.5 years into it. It's not going to happen at the start. I've done whole studies on this that you can key in um, desolation, uh, rebuilt temple. There's a study where I covered that. I try to go just go scripture by scripture and keep my opinion out of it as much as I can. So, let's go forward here. The scriptures say that in the end times, in the last days, there will be a great falling away of believers from bedrock Bible doctrine. The above quote from 2 Thessalonians clearly shows that, as does this from this quote from Paul to Timothy. 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. <laughs> We're in that. <laughs> I mean, unbelievably into that. Uh, but after their own lusts, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Now, think about it. In the, end, in the, in, if, in the time this was written, 
it really would have been almost impossible to heap to them teachers having itching ears. We're talking about the time will come when they will not endorse sound doctrine. I interpret that more like sound doctrine in the church, not so much they're going to go flagrantly after paganism. Maybe they'll end up there, but probably not at the beginning. Okay, They will not endorse sound doctrine. Obviously, this is talking about the end times that we're in right now, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Could they have done that like, you know, in 100 A.D.? It wasn't like there was a church on every corner. It wasn't like you could turn on the TV and see like umpteen televangelists on Trinity Broadcasting Network with, you know, the rank homosexual Paul Crouch, the head of it. And I've done exposés on that. I'm not slandering the guy. I'm just stating facts. Okay? Um, All of these apostate, reprobate heretics on TV, that are in it totally for the money, and many of them are literally closet Satanists. Period. Um, There's a series of tapes you can go listen to online. I believe it's the Toronto Blessing Revisited. And it goes all into that. And I, I believe gives pretty much unequivocal proof that these people aren't just deceived. The vast majority of them. They're literally put there by Satan. Okay, if, if you were Satan, who would you target? Would you target the low-level parishioner who warms a pew and doesn't do anything? Or would you target the ones at the top, through money, through filthy lucre, like the Bible talks about, through mammon, whatever you want to call it. You know, they're hirelings. They're doing it for the money. They have no true love for the sheep. They're wolves in sheep's clothing, like the Bible talks about. And the Bible says if Satan can be transformed into an angel of light, he can come to you as an angel of light looking like a good angel, it's no marvel that his ministers be transformed into ministers of righteousness. They're ministers of false righteousness, but they appear as ministers of righteousness. This is the time we're living in. This is the time the Bible talked about. To be on the lookout for this stuff. That it's almost going to become the norm. And it pretty much is the norm. Now I'm not saying every every minister or pastor or whatever is a Satanist. But most of them are locked into the old 501c3 corporate system that's going on to the United Nations one world religion. Going down the same track. They're all going to be amalgamated. They're all going to be assimilated at one point. They're going to have to make a choice at one point to get off it. Most churches nowadays that call themselves Christians you can't even get saved in. If you walk in there. So, if you can't get saved in the church, what good is it? You know? All they're doing is really taking people to hell. Well, you're saved through works. That's what they're going to teach. You're saved by being a good person. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one, and that all our righteousness is as filthy rags apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Yes, works will follow, obviously, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith, temperance, all those things, those things will follow true salvation conversion. Okay, they're evidence of that. A tree is known by its fruit. Okay, but it's not what saves you. You can't get the two confused. Because if you start thinking your works are saving you like the Catholics teach, or like most of the mainline denominations teach, you're going to hell. 
Because that is an affront to God. That's like saying the blood of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice on the cross, is not what saves me, it's my own works. Well, that's a slap in God's face. You can't have it both ways. There's a good um, track Chick puts out called Flight 144 that addresses that. Guy that like had done all these supposed works or whatever, but was trusting in those. All these missions, missionary, all these things, he was trusting in those. The guy had never even gotten saved. If you're trusting in works, that's also pride, and pride blinds you. Okay, Just like it did to Satan when he was known as Lucifer, and it said because of his beauty and because of his merchandise, meaning he was really, I don't want to say rich, but he had, who knows, he was the anointed cherub that covereth. He covered like the throne of God. So, yeah, it was easy for pride to well up. You know? And he was, you know, this probably the most beautiful angelic cre- uh, creation God had ever created. Angelic creation. I'm, talk- I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not confusing this with Jesus Christ, Father God, the Holy Spirit. But as far as an angelic creation, he was the anointed cherubim that covereth. Cherubim is not an angel. It's an angelic being, but it's not an angel like you think of Michael or Gabriel. Okay, there's also seraphim. Those are also angelic beings. Okay, but a lot of times people say, yeah, he's a fallen... No, he's not a fallen angel. He's a fallen cherubim. The Bible's very clear on that. So, anyway, I'm really getting off track here. So, let's go further here. Um, they're going to heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, meaning they're just going to want to know some new doctrine, some new thing. And when I was in the Pentecostal church, that was what really... I saw more than any other, not so much in the independent fundamental Baptist, no, not there, but in the Pentecostal, big time. I mean, it was like, what what new, unbelievable uh, move of, supposed move of God is God doing this week? And it was always some crazy, off-the-wall thing. And I stayed in that until God showed me the King James Bible was the word of God. When he opened my eyes to that, all of a sudden I started seeing all the other things they were doing that were unbiblical. Because I had the word of God to compare it to. The solid word of God. Before I had like living, translation, I had the, uh, um, my word, I had about every one. Amplified, living, um, NIV, American Standard, I had them all. Well, all of them have slightly different renderings of those verses, so you can't really say anything's in concrete. Whereas when the KJV, I'm, I'm like reading these verses, I'm like, wow, this is the word of God. And it says, you know, this. And then all of a sudden my eyes started getting open. It was that big of a deal for me. Uh, and then I found that 20-hour tape um, that I mentioned before. I believe it's the Toronto Blessing Revisited. I'm sorry, it's the Toronto Blessing Unmasked. The Toronto Blessing Unmasked. I had these tapes. And I think they were... Like, some of the last ones in existence on the planet, seriously. Because I got them originally from a guy from California, and he got them from a guy, the original maker was in Australia. And um, they were long, I mean, I I learned about these in like the 90s. And um, you couldn't buy them anymore. And I had, and I sent them to a listener, and he finally got them up online. And, uh, yeah, it's David1057 is his YouTube. And he finally put them up. And that's the ones they got online right now. 21 parts. You know, a nice little, you can just listen to it in a, about a half hour. No, just kidding. It's, it's going to take you a long, long time to listen to all 21 parts. But, 
It's interesting. Very, very interesting. Now, if that's all I had to go on, it'd be one thing, but that combined with all the other stuff we've documented about these guys all points to the direction that they're not innocent and they know exactly what they're doing. Okay, so they're going to heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their tr- their ears from truth. They're going to really turn away their ears from hearing what the Word of God actually says. And shall be turned unto fables, opinions, clever stories that aren't un- that aren't biblical but sound really convincing. That's all that matters. Compare whatever you hear with the Word of God. You know, and if it doesn't line up, then, then you know, and, and, a, and some ministers consistently saying things that don't line up with the Word of God, you know, either go to them, try to set them straight in a humble way. Um, I don't know. Maybe he needs rebuked or leave. You know, the Bible says a heretic after the second, first and second admonition reject. We're not just supposed we're supposed to keep on in these environments where there's heresy being propagated and this and that and just stay there for year in and year out because we just got to gut it out. The Bible doesn't say that. A little leaven leaveneth a whole lump. Jesus Christ said, Beware the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, which is their doctrine. It's bad doctrine. The leaven the Pharisees and Sadducees had totally corrupted the Old Testament Jewish Levitical system and added to where Jesus Christ said, you add to that so much that there's no one that could bear these burdens, not even you. That's what they like to do. It's about control. So, that's what we're seeing in today's day and age. Totally. So, here we have a picture here of, uh, it looks like a rock concert. It's got the, the looks like the strobe lights, it's got the, the dry ice fog, um, People literally on each other's shoulders in a church. You know, why not some beach balls? They could, you know, like they do at the stadiums, you know. Um, well, they're probably, I would imagine, in this type of environment, the only thing left out really would be drug use in the actual audience, like, you know, passing a joint around and, you know, making sure everybody's nice and good and high. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you, if you've ever seen that one guy that goes around and says he's toking the Holy Ghost, that devil from the pit of hell, blasphemous, dresses up like a monk, goes around. And he's in these circles. He's in these hyper-charismatic Pentecostal-type circles. And it's just really scary because it's like, man, these people have no fear of God whatsoever. None. Uh, So below is an example of the spirit of Antichrist on full display at Celebration Church in Jacksonville, Florida. In the end, it is the Christians who no longer have a desire or hunger to be fed from the word of God, but instead choose to side with the devil and make a mockery of the church that Jesus Christ shed for his own blood. Well, it's the Laodicean church of chapter 3, you know, which the Bible's very clear what type what type of church that is. Let's just re- refresh you on that. And this is the, this is the time frame we're in, um, in addition to the other verses that I've already quoted. Revelation 3. Under the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. They're lukewarm. Uh, I were, were thou that they were cold or hot. So in other words, God is an extremist. Black or white. Okay, so, so because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. That's the future of these churches. 
Okay, and this is why I say don't stay in a church like that. You will be corrupted. You have no idea what devils and demons are buzzing around you when you go into an environment like this and you put yourself under that roof and you put yourself under the authority of that pastor as your spiritual head. You have no idea what's happening to you on a spiritual level. I've went to churches before where at first I was like, man, this is, no, I don't know. But then it became easier to stay, you know, and that's the trap. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. So if you let somebody overcome you, and the best way to do that is going into a church, sitting down on that pew and becoming a member, or going there week in, week out, where you're being deceived and not fed. Maybe you're getting some truth, but I mean, again, a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. You've got to draw a line somewhere. Of whom a man is overcome, the same he's brought into bondage. But that bondage isn't a literal sh- a shackle that you can see. It's a spiritual bondage that you're not able to see. And you can go around thinking, hey, I'm doing pretty good. I'm a pretty good person. I'm better than that guy. I'm this or that. And be totally shackled and blinded and not even know it. The Bible says it right here. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not thou that thou art wretched and miserable and poor, blind and naked. That's how God sees you. Just like you can't see the spiritual chains on you. That's how God sees somebody in the layer to see in church. Which is the norm for today's day and age. I'm not saying they're all that way. But the, the vast majority, absolutely. I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich. The gold, which is the trial of our faith, essentially. The Bible talks about in Peter. And white raiment, um, that thou mayest be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness does not appear. The robe of righteousness, the white raiment, a righteous life. Okay, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And, then, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. The Bible says, of whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if ye be without chastisement, then you're a bastard. So, somebody at one of these churches that's gone there, went there for a year on end, has no conviction that they're doing anything wrong. In fact, they think they're better. Or they think you're the one that's apostate. And they're doing all these unbelievably unbiblical things and have no conscience about it. They're not saved. There's no way the Holy Spirit could be living inside them. There's just no way. The Holy Spirit would convict you. Of whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. Meaning, if you have uh, your child and they're misbehaving, you spank them, you're chastening them. Okay? And if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards. You're an illegitimate son. A bastard is not somebody that's part of that family. Okay? So these people that aren't chastened, and appear that they've been turned over to a reprobate mind, and appear that their conscience has been seared with a hot iron. The Bible talks about in 1 Timothy 4.1, the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. That's the latter times. That's the time we're living in. That's what we're supposed to be looking for. And that evil men and seducers are going to wax, meaning grow, worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy 3.13 So, you got all these things that's totally lining up with the Word of God. And this is what we should be on the lookout for. Yet, the mainstream denominational 501c3 corporate churches are, as far as I can see, they're just going with the flow. Pretty much. You know. They're not preparing... Their congregations for what's coming, particularly in America. I'm not going to speak for all churches in the earth, because I, I only know really in America. 
So, and I've been in those churches many times, many different flavors of those churches. Was brought up in a Lutheran middle school, went to a Catholic high school, uh, got saved, went into radical, well, radical Pentecostalism, charismatic, all the way over to independent, fundamental, unregistered, KJV-only Baptist church. I mean, I've been kind of the gamut here with a lot of these things, so I've kind of got a pretty good perspective on things. So, let's go further here. Uh, Nothing shows that... Oh, oh, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. Uh, Let me read this last sentence. In the end, it is the Christians who no longer have a desire or hunger to be fed from the Word of God, but instead choose to side with the devil and make a mockery of the church that Jesus Christ shed his own blood for. Nothing shows that as clearly as our story on the Harlem Shake in the churches of America. From the Examiner, we read, Have you heard of the Harlem Shake? The dance has gone viral on the internet. The Christians are doing it in several sectors, according to Black Christian News. And there's links to all these reports. The dance starts with a leader wearing a mask, shaking in front of the people, like one person. And they're dressed up in a mask, and they all join in for 30 seconds. The words to the song are con los terrorista, which means with the terrorists. <laughs> I'm not making this up. It's so stupid and asinine, this dumb dance they're doing. I've never seen anything so stupid done in the church. Literally, it is. And I'm like, it's so evil though at the same time. And they're putting up all these videos where they'll show this person up there shaking, and then all of a sudden, when whatever, when everybody's supposed to join in, they'll actually go to another frame, and these videos that they're doing, and they'll all be dressed up like in these goofy, dumb costumes. Sometimes, in some of the videos, they're literally half naked, like guys in boxer shorts and girls dressed inappropriately and they're all and they're all doing these stupid things like some are doing handstands some are doing like pressing against walls and stuff and, and, and balancing on things it's the most dumb thing it, probably the most dumb evil thing i've ever seen done in the church from a mass perspective it's not like it's just going on in one church in other words it's going on in many different churches many different denominations and it's the world it is totally the stinking world being brought into the church. And the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of God is not in him. So we are not supposed to go around loving the world and wanting to bring it into our church especially. It's so ridiculous. But again, as things as time goes by, my job as a watchman, I, and I hate to say this, it gets easier and easier to the point of, I don't even know what to report on anymore. There's so much evil going on. You know, it's like, wow. So, the dance starts, leader wearing a mask, shaking in front of the people, and then they all join in for 30 seconds. The words of the song are, con los terrorista, which means with the terrorists. So, you know, there's nothing unbiblical about this, you can see. There are several groups and organizations doing the Harlem Shake. Rick Warren's Saddleback High School Ministry. Imagine that, not Rick Warren. I mean, come on, that guy, he's, he's right down the line. He's just a member of the Council of Foreign Relations and main Illuminati player. He's going to be in the absolute spear tip of bringing the Christian church into the one world religion of Antichrist. Other than that, he's a good guy. I mean, come on. And then there's Jerry Falwell. Jerry Falwell's Liberty University. They're doing it. 
You know, they're they're right down the line. Uh, and then, um, okay, going forward, uh, Destiny World Outreach Center, and then Vineyards, Vineyards Student Harlem Shake. I guess they've actually incorporated that into their name, which is even better. Then there's the City Church downtown, and then there's Celebration Church in Jacksonville, which we just saw this picture of. And again, the PDF for this teaching is for June 9th, 2013. You can find it for the uh, on contendingfortruth.com under that date. I know this article will burn up some of our fan base, but let me be very honest with you. We are to sound the alarm when the enemy appears on the radar screen. So let us get right to the point. If you belong or attend a Christian church that encourages demon-inspired dancing to the Harlem Shake, you are in a church with the devil himself. The holy God of the Bible wants nothing to do with this foolishness. The shake is performed with a masked man inciting a crowd to gyrate their bodies by unseen forces to jungle-themed music. Bright, bright lights flash, artificial smoke is set off, and a hypnotic, ever-lowering beat, bass beat causes the dancers to bang their heads. Hey, again, what's wrong with this? Why can't we all just get along? Sure, you know, there's nothing wrong with this. Um, now, the author asked the question, Are you so seared in your spirit by the filth you have surrounded yourself with that you can no longer recognize the devil when he is laughing in your face? Now, again, I'm not saying that to my listeners, but that's what he's asking to people in these churches here. Okay? This is not the work of the Holy Spirit. To see this in the church, to me, is proof positive that the great falling away is operating on all eight cylinders. The Harlem Shake comes from using drug-using, heavy-drinking, fornication-glorifying rappers whose garbage has no place in the Church of Jesus Christ. Now, we're going to talk about those those rappers in the next, well, in, in a coming report here uh, on today's teaching. So, if you do this in your church, you, you need to repent immediately, return to your first love, and remember what it was like when the shed blood of Jesus Christ made you clean and new, get back to a doctrinal study of the Word of God, from the King James Bible, and there's links to all these things as well, and get back on your knees in fervent prayer. If this is happening in your church, leave. Satan desires to sift you and grind your faith into fine, dusty powder. Christian, you are under attack and you are losing the battle. Again, this is his plea to those people in these churches. Some are so deluded by the world and the flesh and the devil that they think that the Harlem Shake is is equivalent to to David dancing before the Lord. But they're not the same thing. I mean, it's just unbelievable what what goes on. Um, this is from a listener named Miguel. He This is entitled Abomination Alert. Church is doing the Harlem Shake. Uh, he says, hi, you may want to look into this. He gives me a, uh, a link here. And he says, I find it disturbing. There are hundreds of videos of churches and youth groups doing this. And warning... Uh, and warning, some of them are in their underwear. This is, these are church and youth groups. And some of the teenagers are in their underwear. And they're recording this. And they're putting it online. They're glorying in their shame. And I can't imagine the state of their youth leader or their pastor or whoever would allow this garbage and filth into their church. The Bible says if the blind lead at the blind, they'll both fall into a ditch. It's becoming the norm for the pastors to be totally blind. It's it's just becoming the norm. Uh, So, and he says, what worries me is to see these young children in some of these videos. 
I just showed Taylor uh, a 30 second clip. I'll play. I'll kind of play it here. That's what the music sounds like. It's the same music. Some guy comes in with a motorcycle humming on, acting like a total moron. The pastors are at the front of the church. You can see the stained glass on the side, and then all of a sudden it's going to cut away to a totally different scene. And it's totally rap music with the beat and everything. These people acting like total, moronically demon-possessed idiots. They're all dressed up in these costumes. I mean, like, squirrels and lions and weird... One guy's on a fireman's suit. One guy's dressed up, it almost looks like an alien head, and he's waving an American flag. One guy's doing a Cornudo sign in the back, which is really appropriate, the Hail Satan sign. So, I mean, that, that that's really appropriate, and that kind of goes along with the whole theme. And, I mean, you know... There's nothing wrong with this. I just need to lighten up, I guess. I'm going to try to get a better look at that. Yeah, he's doing the Cornudo sign for sure. Absolutely. I, in fact, I just happened to stop it on that frame. Um, I, I increased this to uh, a, a better... Here. Let me see here. Yeah. I got it at 1080. Yeah, oh, now I can really see it. Oh, it's definitely a Cornudo sign. Definitely Cornudo sign. And it's absolute. The Bible says that we're supposed to do everything with decency and in order in the church of God. But these people don't care about the word of God. If they have a Bible, it's probably one of the most watered-down ones you can get. And they don't look at it anyway. So anything goes in that type of environment. Okay, so yeah, I'm just looking at all these. One's dressed up like a clown. One's dressed up like an M&M. That's a good one. I like that one. And there's, you can literally see the stained glass on the side. Um, I would imagine the preachers that are in this are actually one of the people dressed up in the costumes because you can't see them visually anymore. But this is just one example. And um, this is the, the new normal. There's even a TV show called The New Normal where you know what that means when you hear that. The new normal is two daddies... Two mommies raising, or like two daddies raising some child they adopted into, you know, obviously two gay guys or two mommies. These are like the new normals. Transgendered people, you know, raising kids or whatever. And this is what Satan is constantly, continually trying to shove down our throat to try to condition us into believing that total lie from the pit of hell. So, this, um, the article that went along with this uh, report that my listener sent me says, don't bring the Harlem Shake to my church. The three-month itch is back, and most fad-driven churches are buzzing with the latest fad in town. Uh, The rumor is, if you do this, like Gangnam Style, Harlem Shake, etc., people will like your church, and you will be considered a, quote, relevant church. So every three months or less, you will find all these self-styled growth gurus, which is all about the money, and being praised among, praised among men. But the Bible says that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. So, you know, Jesus Christ wasn't highly esteemed among men when he was here. You know what I mean? Other than maybe the apostles and his followers, but I'm talking about in general. The world, you know, despised him. To so much so that they ended up crucifying him on a cross. So, anyway, going further here. Um, so every three or, three or more less months, you will find all these self-styled church gurus keeping a hand on the pulse of the culture so as to keep the church looking trendy. Because that's what it's all about. Jesus Christ talked a lot about it. It was very, very important to keep the church 
looking trendy, you know, um, obviously I'm being sarcastic. The fads just keep coming, and today it's the Harlem Shake. With all the craziness going on in the church, just like the Hokundalini and slain of the spirit was a fad. Now, I was right in the middle of that, and not so much with Todd Bentley, but I actually will talk about that later, how I believe we literally shut that thing down um, by going there and praying. Anyway, I'll talk about that later. Um, there's hardly any time for Bible study, and hey, don't even speak about having re- reverence for the Lord uh, in his house. These re- relentless overtures to make the church more hip and more culturally savvy are in themselves a danger to any church. They downgrade the gospel, they make people seek excitements as vehicles for their silliness and pander after entertainment instead of seeking Christ as the Savior for their sins. Many believers are just come seeking, uh, come to see- seeking bread and are being fed and offered stones. Meaning they're not being offered anything that's going to actually feed them, help them grow, or get them saved. And you could say, oh, it's just a harmless fun in the sanctuary. No one is being hurt, you reason. But these are the very antics only harden the hearts of sinners to the gospel. I mean, could you imagine if you went in a, a church like this? And I've seen this garbage. I've seen this trend. Where they just act like total morons. Or just do the most off-the-wall, insane stuff. And then later they all get real solemn. And, and now it's time to, to uh, come up to the altar and get saved. Come on. You've already ruined it. You've already totally ruined them. You think you're softening them up with this? You know, the Bible says, the, um, Godly sorrow leadeth thee to repentance. That's most of the time people will get saved through godly sorrow. Because they're going to admit they're a sinner. I also, I also know it says the goodness of the Lord leadeth thee to repentance. But the godly sorrow is part of the goodness of the Lord because he sent the godly sorrow because he is good. Because godly sorrow will cause us to reflect on our own lives and, and um, acknowledge our unsaved, sin-filled condition as an unsaved person. And ultimately, that leads you to the Lord. And that has to do with the fear of God as well. That also comes into, into play regarding that. None of this breeds any of that. All of this is, is going to breed is, hey man, this is like you know the world. This isn't, gonna, this isn't going to lead anybody to, G- to Jesus Christ. It's going to lead them away. So, these very antics only harden the hearts of sinners to the gospel. Uh, let me take a deep breath and add that these antics, when done in a church, actually blur the line between what is sacred and what is profane. In the Bible, such antics are called abominations, and at other times, foolishness. I was at a church one time, and this was right when I finally, 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 finally came out of the Pentecostal movement. It took me a little while. I, I came out, but then I kind of was just like on the periphery scene, eh, maybe there's a sect of them that are, you know. And I went to this United Pentecostal Church. It was very small. We go in there, and I had these people that came with me out of the Pentecostal Church. I don't know, eight or nine people. We go in there, and these dudes want to all of a sudden start laying hands on us as soon as we go in the door. The Bible says, lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partakers of their sins. What does that imply? That implies if you have some dude or woman laying hands on you, and you don't know them, and they don't know you, you could literally be imparting spiritual baggage. It says, be, neither be partakers of other man's sins. That's not a really good thing. Well, how did, it wasn't laying on the hands imparting, you know, in some context of the, um, um, in the New Testament, you know, didn't that have a context of, imparting the Holy Spirit and these types of things 
transfer or, or, or giving a gift, um, a spiritual gift that they were talking about, particularly like in the book of Acts. Yeah, it was. So it's a big deal. That's what the Bible says, lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partakers of their sins. So all these people want to lay hands on us. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I didn't let them lay, but I think some of the, I was, I had like eight or nine people and, you know, I think they laid hands on some of the people I brought. And then the, the whole thing gets started. And it's a little sketchy because it was a long time ago. But, I mean, it was crazy. It was, I mean, I thought I had seen some radical stuff in the Pentecostal churches. But, I mean, it was one of the most nutty, if not the most nutty, charismatic Pentecostal thing I had ever seen in my life. And they were laying hands on people. Everybody was talking in tongues. And then all of a sudden, the women, there, there was, they were all up there doing all these weird dances and stuff. One person was up there doing like a little, it's like a four-point box jig. Just kept doing it over and over. And then this one lady was up there, and she was like literally, she had real long hair, which is biblical. And I appreciate that. It was the pastor's wife, actually. And she was up there, and it looked like her waist was like a pivot point. And she just kept going down and up, down and up. And her hair was flying forward and back. It was almost like, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm a little girl. I'm going to go forward and back. I'm going to go forward. It's like she was on some kind of ride or something. She kept doing that over and over, like a, she, like a I don't know, like an automaton or something, like a robot. And I mean, and I'm like, man, I never see anything like this. And everybody was, it was loud, and they were, you know, screaming and stuff, and, and then all of a sudden she goes down on the ground. And all the other women in the church, one at a time, start like getting on her back. She's on the ground, and they kind of start crawling on her. And, and all of a sudden, you like, and I'm not making this up, this really happened, okay? And the, actually, it turned out, I think this guy was, I think the pastor was my patient. And the wife, even, from what I can remember. I think that's the reason I went there. Yeah, they were. Because I wrote them after all this happened. And to see them on the street, you'd never know that they were really all into this crazy stuff. Well, anyway, so the, so the, the pastor's wife's up there, and she's on the ground. And she starts groaning. Uh, you know, all the stuff. I'm like, what is going on? And then a woman, another woman gets on her back, and then another one. And then they... By the time it was all said and done, like five minutes later, it was like this big, writhing mass of female humanity at the front of the church, all groaning and stuff. And I'm like, wow, now this is biblical. I really can see a book, chapter, and verse on this where it says to do this. And I'm like, what is going on? It's like a three-ring circus in here. And I'm leaving stuff out, okay, because there was more stuff going on than this. And I'm like, man. And so um, they were the groaning was getting like more like it was it was the um it was getting louder it was getting more uh like the tempo was going up until the point when they were all like ah, you know they're going nuts and crazy ah, you know and, and it was like they it was like they were in pain and and until it, it reached like this literally like this climax point and then they all unpiled it was like a, a like a rugby scrum or something when it was all said and done, or like a pro football game where they all get off after they jump on the ball. And I found out later they said, "Oh, we were birthing something in the spirit world." <laughs> That's what they told me. <laughs> birthing something in the spirit world. What did they birth? 
Was it something holy or something profane and evil? How could it have been something holy when we're, we're, when everything done in the church is to be done in decency and in order and that we're not supposed to lay hands suddenly on no man? And when I wrote the pastor, these were the verses that I cited to him, among others. And you know what they said to me? Their reply? Oh, Dr. Johnson, let go and let God... Wow, you so refuted all those Bible verses I gave you. You you just you blew them out of the water. Uh, brilliantly with that verse that's not even in the Bible anywhere. You know, this is what you get when you let things like the Harlem Shake come in. This is where it ends up. It ends up wow, it feels right. Yeah, what is that feeling? Your heart. And the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's what happens. Well, it felt right. Well, God told... Oh, really? God told you to do something that's totally unbiblical? Wow. That's amazing. That that would be a first, you know? Because if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, guess what? You were never hearing from God. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 14, 12, and 16, 25. He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. That's what the Bible says, okay? So, but most people in these churches, their hearts totally take over because they're demonically deluded, they're doing unbiblical things, and unbiblical things lead to more unbiblical things, and it gets worse over time. And this is the norm in the church now, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, that was just one of my many wacky uh, experiences in the old charismatic Pentecostal church circles. And I'm not saying I wasn't wacky too, because I was pretty, uh, I was pretty uh, zealous, I guess you could say, back then. But this was after I had already come out of that. And God was showing me these things, so <laughs> giving me a little example of what was going on there. Um, in the Bible, such antics are called abominations and at other times foolishness. I cannot imagine for my, for the life in me, imagine the Apostle Paul saying to the Corinthians, when I come to you, I choose to know nothing else but the Corinth shake. Like, instead of saying, but Christ to him crucified, him saying, I, when I come to you, I choose to know nothing else but the Corinth shake, like the Harlem shake. In other words, it, it, can you imagine Jesus being in, walking into the room when they were doing all this total idiotic behavior? Yeah. So, he goes on to say, please, Mr. Worship Leader Guy, or Youth Pastor, or Church Growth Consultant, because they've got all these titles now in the church, do not grieve the Holy Spirit by trying to bring these blasphemous fads to your local church or your local church youth group. Instead, relentlessly and faithfully point sinners and kids entrusted um, entrusted, entrusted to you to the cross. And there's a couple more articles here. There's a lot of links within... These uh, that you can click on if you want to know more about this. This one's Harlem Shake at Saddleback Church is high school ministry if you want to know more about that. And um, the residents of Harlem, I'm assuming in New York City, are not happy with the Harlem Shake meme. So there's a link to that. Uh, oh, and I wanted to read this to you real quick. I was We were at a, uh, the other day, out, and I picked up one of these, these free little papers they have. It was locally in the area. And 
I just I always leaf through them, you know, just to see what's going on. And it was entitled this under the faith section. And this isn't a Christian newspaper, but God chasing with the Zumba loving minister. Okay, so we see this this Pastor Evie. Okay, here it is. This is from Huntersville, North Carolina. Fun won't come to you, so you so go to the fun. Says Reverend Reverend, even though Reverend is an absolute, totally unbiblical term, only used one time in the Bible to describe God Himself. It's not a man's title. Okay, anyway, fun won't come to you, so go to the fun. Says Reverend Erdith Landrow. Fun. Do a keyword search for fun in the Bible. Zero times does it come up in the KJV Bible. Zero. Okay. Anyway, I mean, but for a lot of people, I remember there was this church nearby where we lived down in Florida, and it was called the River. And then they would put stuff on underneath, and it says where uh, church should be fun, the River. And I'm like, wow, that I'm sure that people just can say right and left by that. Now they may attract people, okay, but I mean. None of it's biblical, okay, because that's all that really matters. So, Pastor Evie of Huntersville New Friendship Presbyterian Church is a self-proclaimed, quote, God chaser. Oh, really? You're a God chaser. So that means you're in the KJV Bible all the time, chasing the God of the Word, right? The Word of God is how you chase God, essentially. I don't know what that means, really, God chaser, in this particular vernacular, whatever that means. And she's also a God chaser and licensed Zumba instructor. The whole, um, what is Zumba? Like Latin kind of aerobics, like gyrate your hips, bop to the beat, dress up in skin tight spandex. Hey man, anything goes in today's church. You know, let's throw it out the door. The Bible says, you know, we're not supposed to cause, you know, women aren't supposed to cause the men to lust after them. And these types, ah, that doesn't matter. It's all out the door. What does that matter anymore? So Landrow's female ministry... Oh, and she's a pastor. She's a reverend pastor. Uh, the Bible says that the qualifications for a bishop, pastor, deacon, elder, all of that is to be the husband of one wife, not the wife of one husband. In other words, women cannot biblically be a pastor or a reverend or a deacon or any of that in God's eyes. I'm sorry. The Bible's very clear on it. Very, very clear. And I did a whole teaching on this, just key in woman in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com and... If you're mad at that, you're not mad. Your beef isn't with me. It's with God. I'm sorry. The Bible's very clear on that. And I, and I lay that out. And it has nothing to do with me being a chauvinist. I'm just saying, okay, listen. There's certain things men can't do that women can do. Like have babies and stuff. I can't have a baby. I respect a woman for the fact that she can. And I know it's, from what I've seen, it's agony. I have a great amount of respect for many of the things women can do that a man can't do. Okay, so I don't want you to think that I'm whatever. I'm just saying there's certain things that we can do in the body of Christ, and, and I lay all those out from a biblical perspective. In it. Anyway, so this woman is so beyond out of the will of God, it's not even funny. Yet she has her own ministry. Yet she, she thinks that she does God's service. The Bible says it's going to get so bad that they that killeth you, the true Christian, will think they do it, they're doing God's service. That's how bad it's going to get. Well, here's somebody that's incredibly deluded. Reverend Pastor, uh, self-proclaimed God chaser, licensed Zumba instructor, um, 
and Landau's female ministry of self-care mentors are examples of living balanced. Satanically balanced? Yeah. Uh, Spiritual, emotional, and physical lives. I go to the gym, take Latin dance classes, enjoy time with my boyfriend. (laughs) I love it. Her boyfriend. So she's calling herself a reverend, a pastor essentially, at the head of her own church. And she's not even married, which is a qualification. And it's also a qualification you be a man. That's not even good enough. She has a boyfriend. So she's living in sin with her boyfriend. Having sex outside of marriage is the clear implication that I'm getting here. Okay? And then, and then, which is fornication. Forn- fornicators will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says that. Okay? Now, I'm not saying you can't be forgiven of that, but if you're an ongoing... This is a great example of somebody that could care less about what the Word of God says and has their conscience seared with a hot iron and has been given over to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils and are speaking lies and hypocrisy and have had their conscience seared with a hot iron. This is a great example of somebody like that. She's hell-bound and she's taking her whole congregation to hell, which is a very serious matter. She's used as a total tool of Satan. According to the Bible, I'm not saying this is my, this is what the Bible would say about her. Okay? So, she, she goes, she takes her Latin gym, uh, her Latin dance classes, she enjoys time with her boyfriend, and she designs jewelry, and yes, she wears a bikini on the beach. Even better. That's like the cherry on top of the satanic Sunday there. So she's out there, half, like, let's say, bikini, okay, uh, 95% naked, 95 plus percent naked on the beach, causing other men to lust after her, which is absolutely, totally unbiblical, and that we're supposed to be covered, and we're not supposed to be going out there, showing our bodies off, or wearing skin-tight clothes, or, or being half-naked. No, none of that matters anymore in the, in the good old modern-day church. She would probably be absolutely comfortable. She's probably already done the Harlem Shake. She's probably already done it in her church. So, um, then she says, being social, this is how she justifies it all, being social helps open doors to ministry opportunities by meeting new people. So, in other words, that's how she justifies all the wicked things and all the wicked practices that she's incorporating into her supposed ministry. That's how she justified. I can do all these things because it allows me to meet other people. And they say, hey, look at Jesus. See, didn't he go to the prostitutes and the tax collectors? And all? Yes, but you know what? He never participated in their sin. Never. He never lowered the... He always pulled them up out of the miry clay pit. Okay? He didn't go down in there and do the same thing with them to win them to the Lord. Which is what a lot of people think you can do, including this woman. I had a friend that that actually came out of me from that Pentecostal church. And turns out, he was gay. And then I found out he had a cocaine habit. And I mean, he was like, he was watching all this gay pornography. I don't know if he had gay fit. And he ends up then, the next time I saw him, he had all these piercings all over him and tattoos. I mean, piercings on his chest, on his face. I'm like, wow, you're really doing good, man. You're really, and then he had the audacity to email me over and over again and ask money for a mission trip that he was going to take to Africa. And he would do it cyclically. Like, he would wait like a year and then do it for a few months and then they'd start over the next year. Oh, I'm serving the Lord. Yeah, right, Mark. Yeah. That was his name. Sorry. But, yeah. Gay lifestyle, cocaine snorting, piercings all over the body, tattoos all over the body, all these things, and he was supposedly doing it 
so he could reach people in those, oh yeah, right. I'm sorry, but it will not, this is living a life with no zero repentance. And the problem is, is if you live a life like that and you have no conviction that you're even doing anything wrong, either you've never been saved or you've been turned over a reprobate mind, your conscience has been seared with a hot iron. One of these things falls into play here. You know, I'm not saying that he couldn't get saved or whatever, but I don't know. I don't know. It's it's this. These are serious issues to God, and a lot of people, you know, that's how they like that lady that we just talked about. Like my friend that came out of the Pentecostal movement with me. That's their lifestyle. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and end part one here, and we're gonna go to part two next, and. Um, because I don't think I can fit it in the first one. So, God bless you, and we'll see you in part two. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson. Second line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202. Third line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.